Ducks fans, are you ready? You are listening to the Ducks and Pucks podcast. This is the number one home for Anaheim Ducks talk and analysis. Here we go. Welcome to the show. This is your host, Mike Walters, along with my co-host, Eddie Richard. We are back. We had a little bit of time off. It's been a crazy summer for Eddie and I, so we're going to get caught up. We're going to talk about the Stanley Cup final, uh, more trade news about Gibson, and we've got some draft stuff to go over. The Ducks have two picks in the first round, so we'll talk a little bit about what we think is going to happen um, as that is coming up here on July 7th and 8th. But before we get to the NHL and Ducks news and all that stuff, Eddie, what's the latest with you? I know we've uh, both been kind of busy the last couple months. Oh, yeah. I just, oh, life, summer. You know what? I'm not a summer person at all. And it's really weird to say, but some of my worst times come in the summer. I, the sun drains me, and I get I, – I'm really weird. I get more depressed when it's sunny outside. But if I wake up and it's gloomy, dark, the, the weather's going to hell, I'm, like, happy, energetic, and, like, everywhere. So it's just, like, the summer's just getting to me. Um, I graduated my course, so I finished all my cybersecurity training. So I have that. So now I'm on the job hunt for uh, – being a cybersecurity engineer, so if you guys have your company hiring or have any leads, feel free to hit me up. Um, other than that, just been spending time with my friends, my girlfriend. She has her daughter uh, for the summer, so I've been hanging out with a six-year-old, which is a, a handful <laughs> as it is. Um, that's pretty much it, just working and doing that and trying to be positive and enjoy every day. And I'm looking forward to uh, what's next going to come with the, with the Ducks hockey team. Yeah, I hear you about being busy, man. Uh, I got uh, promoted at work, which was good. Got more money, but I've also been working a lot. I've had some 14, 16-hour days. Uh, been busy uh, doing some other training and some other things. A lot of stuff uh, going on, so I haven't been on social media as much and posting as much. Uh, but I did catch the Stanley Cup final and, and a lot of the playoffs I, you know, here and there and whatnot. So I was able to get those games in. Uh, despite working a lot, I was uh, able to watch a bunch of those. And that's uh, what we're going to cover uh, for the beginning of the show, kind of doing the things in a little bit different order. We're going to talk about the playoffs, um, the Stanley Cup final. I know Eddie's super happy. His second team, uh, Colorado Avalanche, won the Stanley Cup. So we'll go over that. And then we'll talk about the trade news, kind of the, the cap situation with the Ducks and the, and the draft as well, and uh, kind of finish out the show from there. But uh uh, what a wild uh, playoff and and Stanley Cup final! Um, I, I wanted to, you know Pittsburgh to come out of the East and, and make it. They didn't, unfortunately. They got knocked out. We saw Tampa Bay get in there again for the third time in the Stanley Cup final, and then your Abs got in there as well. Um, it just a, it's just crazy playoffs. It was exciting games and all the series. Um, you know, and I, I was really happy for the abs. I was happy for uh, Manson and Cogliano to, to lift the cup and, and win. Um, yeah, a little sad for Perry, but, uh, you know, Tampa Bay had won twice before. So uh, not, not so sad for their team, in my opinion. But uh, uh, I, I was happy with the abs. And, and, you know, this series, Eddie, I, I thought that they were going to blow them out. They won that first game in overtime and then dropped seven on them uh, and shut them out 7 nothing. And the second game, Tampa Bay came back and won the third game, you know, six to two in another type blowout fashion. But uh, the Avs ended up going on and winning this one in six. And uh, 
just kind of get your general thoughts, Eddie. I know it's your, your, you know, it's not the Ducks, but it's your second team, and they won. You had some former Ducks on there. I mean, you must have been super ecstatic to see these guys lift the cup. Oh yeah, it, it was amazing. I, I wasn't able to watch a lot of them live, live. I record them and I show up late and catch late to the party. But I think it was a great series. It was it was fun to watch. Um, the Avs came down and they they really wanted to win. They proved it. They were an amazing team on the regular season and they came with a chip on their shoulder. They brought in the right pieces. Joe Sakic is uh, just a magician and how he built this team. The the draft picks he got with Byram, McCarr, Rantanen, McKinnon. It just this team was dead last twice. The last what five or six years, and, they, and for them to just come up and win the cup, it, it was just, it was. Oh, I can't even explain how happy I was. Definitely, I was just as hungover as some of the Avs players that next day too, celebrating. But uh, it, it was a good series. People were saying uh, after that game too that oh, Tampa's gonna get swept throughout. I kept telling people no, they're not. Like you don't understand. Tampa won two cups. They know what it takes to adjust their game and transition it, and they come out firing. Vasilevsky is the best goaltender in the world. He always has that bounce-back game, and he did. He came back, and, and Tampa Bay won 62 in Game 3, and that's when Avs fans started getting like, okay, well, what's going on? Um, yeah, it was one of the the fun and, and good Stanley Cups we've seen in the last few years, and it felt like a true, true Stanley Cup with the whole 82-game schedule and, and stuff like that. So it, it was really fun to see. The abs are just going nuts and going bananas. Some of the videos we're seeing, McDermott holding the cup and like kind of falling over because he's so drunk. Uh, Bowen Byram is drinking with the fans. And then he goes, uh, he tries to go back on the fire truck with his team, and the Denver police officer goes and stops him. And uh, <laughs> he's not letting him go. He thinks he's a, a drunk fan, but people are telling him, no, he's a player. He's like, I'm a player too. So it was just like really really fun to see. Uh, it was cool too. Denver, uh, the Denver Police Department put, a, put out a tweet, kind of joking uh, about the situation, saying, "Hey, well, there's there was no penalty, no too many men in the eyes, or something like that." So that was fun to see. Um, I was listening to the Spit and Chickens podcast too, and it seems uh, Eric Johnson went on the show right after they won. It was talking on on there, and him, Landis Cog, and his wife, they were trying to search for uh, places to drink when they came back to Denver. And they couldn't really find anything because apparently the fans pretty much drank uh, the city of Denver uh, dry uh, from alcohol from celebrating too much from the game and the the, uh, the whole day after. But yeah, it was something great. Uh, congratulations to Manson and Cogliano. It's just those two players, especially Cogliano. He's a warrior. He got screwed out of his Ironman streak for that dumbass George Perro. So I'm glad that they can have that that together, the former teammates. And also I heard that Cogli, uh, Cogliano, too, delivered a really powerful game, six speech, that really moved the, the players, got some of them in tears and fired them up. So it's good to see them. Perry, I don't really feel sorry for Perry. I'm not a, well, I'm not a big Perry fan, nor was I a Perry fan when he was on the Ducks. So it's like, whatever, dude. If I'm an NHL GM, I'm not going to sign Perry because you lost the Stanley Cup three years in a row on three different teams and I believe no no he lost it yeah three years on three different teams but they lost in game five this is the first time he lost in game six so oh well tough luck Perry but congrats to Manson and Cogs yeah it's kind of funny because some people talked about Perry and they were saying oh the Ducks should bring Perry back and it's like okay so you think the Ducks will go to the Stanley Cup automatically if they bring him back and then lose uh it's kind of funny but yeah a lot of people have been talking about that how he was on three different teams Got the Stanley Cup final and, and then lost each time. So, 
Um, you know, unfortunate for him. But like you said, with Manson and Cagliano, uh, that's fantastic. And I'm with you too. Cagliano, he's still the Iron Man in, in my book. Uh, he, he got screwed for sure from Peros. And that whole play with Kempe was complete BS. There's no way he should have been suspended for that hit. It was You could tell it was not on purpose. Um, you know, we can beat a dead horse on that one, but... No, we can still talk about that because we had uh, we had Kings fans uh, on our, our chats defending Cogliano. A Kings fan, de- they're defending the action that, that they the whole disagree with that thing too. So it's just, I'll never respect or I, I honestly hate George Perros for that. So it's like, dude, like, man, all because it was your former team, you get to show that you're probably in a position that you don't know what you're doing. So you got to show like, okay, I have to make an example of him because that's my former team. I can't let everyone know I'm playing favorites. Like, dude, you dropped the ball. The The player safety, they always drop the ball. though. It's worthless. Well, you know, and it's interesting to bring that up too because if you ever go back and look at uh, Peros' Twitter account, he still hasn't posted anything since the end of 2018. So, I mean, that kind of tells you there too uh, kind of what's going on in that situation. Uh, he probably figured out uh, to just hide out basically because he doesn't post anything um, on social media anymore. But yeah, you're right. There were Kings fans that were agreeing with us too. So I- I'm happy for him. And, and I didn't know about that speech before uh, game six. You just told me about that before the show. So um, that's awesome. And I'm glad that they pulled it out. I-, I thought it was an interesting series though. Like you said, a lot of people thought the Avs had it after two. Then there were some concern after game three. You had game four that went to overtime as well. And then the controversy that ensued after game four, which I thought was hilarious because the Tampa Bay coach, uh, Cooper, got upset saying that uh, there's too many men on the ice for uh, Kadri when he scored that goal in overtime. And I forgot who it was, but somebody posted a photo that showed that there were six abs players technically on the ice when that goal was scored, but there were seven Lightning players on the ice at the time too as well. So big F you to Cooper. He was also, I think, crying about the elevation too, Eddie. It's like you're a back-to-back Stanley Cup champ and you're crying like a little biatch. I, I just, that rubbed me the wrong way. And after game four, I mean, I was already rooting for the abs anyways, but I was really rooting for the abs at that point because I, I just, to me, he was just being a crybaby. I, I, you know, I don't know if you had a different take on that, but that's how I felt with his comments after Game Four. As Terry Crews would say in that movie, Longest Yard, he was being a baby back bitch. <laughs> that's all it was. Like, dude, you kept crying every press conference. Oh, I can't talk. I'm too heartbroken for my players. Oh, the elevation. Oh, tune in, dude. Shut the hell up. You, you, you're playing a powerhouse team. You have a powerhouse team. It was a good, hard-fought battle. Stop trying to use excuses. Own up to your responsibilities. Like, hey, they outplayed us. That's the whole thing. There's no alter motive. There's no the refs. It's just, no. Two teams are battling out. I think it was game three, I want to say, or game four, where they, they, the refs weren't calling shit. They were letting everyone go. Both teams. A good, a good battle. It's like, stop crying. You made yourself and your team just look that much bad from all the crying and the tears that you were just putting out there. Well, that was one thing about the whole thing. It's like, man, I, I thought he was a better coach than that. He just was a crybaby. And you know what? The Avs just didn't care about that. They, they had one goal in mind. Uh, I know Gabriel Linus Cog's their captain, but uh, but I read, reading that article from ESPN, um, McKinnon was, <laughs> he was a, a cutthroat, yelling at everyone. 
I read an article too about him yelling at Makar on the bench. He's just going off on him. He made a mistake. Makar's just like, okay, cool. And you know what? I want to congratulate Makar too. That player is such a special person to watch. It's such amazing the way he skates, the way he's calm, cool, and collective. This is what third year in the league, and he's just man. He's 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 the best defenseman in my opinion in the league, and he's probably one of the top five players in the world. And he led this team to the Stanley Cup. People were all mad, and even uh, McKinnon too on another podcast mentioned like. When they first drafted Makar, like who is this guy? Like I, I, I don't know him. His his numbers in the in, down below and the juniors were bad. He comes out of nowhere. He just, he, oh man, it's just amazing. He's a really great guy. It's good to see a player like this come in and change the game. It's how how he is, and he won the Conn Smythe. He won the Norris, the best defenseman, and and he was he was the the, the Avalanche's best player. And I'm glad I got to um to watch that, watch him, and watch the Avalanche win. It was just. Yeah, it definitely was fun, for sure. Watching these games were exciting. Um, high speed. There was definitely times where the whistle wasn't blown for long stretches of the, of the different games. Uh, it was fun. So, I mean, I was happy that with the result and the way, and the way that it ended up. I, I think the interesting thing is now, you know, the, the dust has kind of settled a little bit. And now there's talk of Manson, you know, being a free agent, coming back to the Ducks. There's talk of Cadre also... Uh, if he would come to the Ducks, uh, what do you think about that? I mean, I, I think Manson is definitely one that could come back. Uh, Pierre LeBrun said the Ducks are you know interested in talking to him. Uh, free agency is just around the corner. Uh, I, I think that's a possibility. Cadre, I don't know so much, but what's your take? Uh, you know, they're talking about how the Ducks may be trying to pull some of these players uh, from the Abs. Yeah, can we go back up a little bit too? Like go back in the playoffs real quick, Mike. Yeah, go. I wanted to ask you. Besides this series, which other one were you following and which one was your favorite? I know we, we did uh, look at that too uh, uh, with the different um, series because I did watch a lot of them, you know, even with my new schedule being kind of crazy. And I, w- I was really happy uh, that Colorado beat uh, Edmonton. That was the one I really liked. I, I wanted to see that, uh, you know, because they had played the Kings and it was kind of iffy. So that was one that I was excited about. And I was glad to see I did not want Edmonton in there at all. Um, uh, you know, obviously didn't want the Kings in there either. So, you know, for either one of them to win, you know, that series, I, whoever I wanted Colorado to beat him, obviously it was Edmonton. So that was the one I kind of was really watching. Because once Colorado won, then in, on the East it was New York and Tampa. I, I, I didn't really care as much on the East because Tampa had won a couple times. But... Uh, I was happy with the Avs taking down the Oilers because, you know, if the Oilers would have won and gone and won the Cup, we'd never hear the end of it. Oh, yeah, excuses. And they're probably still making excuses to you. And, you know, what? the only reason why I didn't want the, the, the Oilers to win the Cup are, are to go there. No, well, actually, two reasons. Number one, about the behavior and the way their fans acted when the Ducks played the Oilers. It's just, it, it was just kind of insane nuts and just nonstop crying and bitching. So that that's one thing that left a bad taste in my mouth. Number two is Evander Kane. And I'm sorry, I'm not going to go into details. You guys already heard this podcast. You know how I feel about him. You know, the funny thing was, my girlfriend's a Kings fan. And I was watching all the games with her, too, because she was cheering for her team. And she's like, she's one of these chicks, too. It's She knows just about like hockey like I do. So like her and I can like, always connect on that. I can talk about players, and she knows. 
started watching the Kings game, and I told her, you know what? I'm actually rooting for the Kings for this first round because I do not want Edmonton to go. And I was actually on the last podcast we did, Mike, like what was like five years ago we did that podcast, seems like. Um, I said I wanted the Kings and Avs to go to the Western Conference Finals because it would have been cool to go to Crypto Arena and watch the Avs beat the hell out of the Kings. But, yeah, uh, another series, too, that that was probably one of the best my second best ones besides the Stanley Cup final was Toronto and Tampa Bay. That was fun. It had everything you wanted in a series. The scoring, the physical play, the superstars stepping up. It, it was a great series and had me glued to the TV every time I watched it. Yeah, you're right. That was a fun series as well. Uh, it was good. I mean, the playoffs in general, a lot of these series were exciting to watch. Uh, whichever ones that you were trying to follow, I, I followed a lot of them. Um, like we said, uh, even with being busy and stuff, I was able to, to catch a lot of them. So I, I was excited. I, I liked the playoffs this year. It was fun. I liked the Stanley Cup final. I, I was really excited. So, and I'm happy that, you know, your second team, the Avs won, you know, you know Tampa Bay, they'd won the last couple of times. So I didn't feel so bad for them, um, and the way it worked out. So I was happy with that. So, um, you know, like we said, uh, you know, I guess we'll kind of talk about the Ducks now shifting out, out of all of that. What, what do you think? Um, oh, you're right. Uh, I forgot. I got to mention our winner. We did have a, a playoff bracket that we did do. And uh, we had our winner, Tamu Forever! Exclamation point won uh, our playoff bracket with 334 points. So if you're listening, send us an email. So I got some prizes for you. Uh, we also had Wildwing93. He came in second. Same thing. Got prizes for you. And Eddie, you came in third. Oh, I, <laughs> so you 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 just get, I don't know, a bag of pucks or something. I'll, I'll take a hug. I'll take that if you can give me that. <laughs> no, you know what's funny? I was I was like, besides the avalanche and stuff, I was just guessing the, the most far-fetched ideas of um, who's going to win and what games and what pucks or are goals going to get scored. So I'm kind of like this is the best bracket I've ever had in my life. So I'm pretty, uh, pretty happy about that. Yeah, you did pretty well. You know, I I was uh, fine because I had Colorado going all the way to the Stanley Cup final. So I did good on the Western Conference side. The Eastern Conference side, I got blown up because I had Pittsburgh and they got knocked out. So that's what kicked my ass. But I, I did well on the Western Conference side. So that's why I wasn't in there. Uh, in the top group, but uh, yeah, like I said, Tamu Forever exclamation point Wild Wing ninety three. You guys are in first and second. We got some free stuff for you guys, so please, please email me, uh, hit me up or message me. Um, I'm pretty sure I know who Wild Wing ninety three is, um, so I'll get a hold of those guys and get you guys some free stuff for sure uh, on there. But um, yeah, like we said, exciting playoffs. Happy for the Abs to win. Um, now we kind of, you know, we got, um, the draft. Yeah. We got, we got business, right? Yeah. We got the draft free agency, whatnot. Just a reminder. One of our sponsors is uh body check wellness check. Uh, C H E K is how it's spelled. Use the code OCS all capital for a discount. They have a lot of supplements. there, all natural stuff. Um, so, so check them out for those kind of needs. If you're looking for stuff, um, to help give yourself more energy and, and, and positive health. So bodycheckwellness.com. Um, so, so with that, though, Eddie, uh, what do you think about the Ducks? We'll kind of start with this part. What do you think about Manson or Cadre coming to the Ducks? Do you think they're you know far-fetched? It could happen? What's your take? Let's talk about Manson first. I want to hear that first. I think that, that's a possibility. 
Um, he won a cup, and they have a good group of guys over there, and Colorado's going to be a powerhouse team, so I think that's maybe a possibility for him, too, to stay over there. Um, it just, can they afford him? They have uh, McKinnon's contract coming up. He's only making like six something, like six plus million a year. Really underrated contract. Um, Joe Sackick's a, ma- a magician at figuring out things and making it work. I don't think Kadri will be on the Avs. He's going to command a crap load of money. I want to say nine million dollars plus. Um, I think Manson would be a good possibility if he wants to take a hometown discount to come back to the Ducks. And I, I wouldn't be opposed to that. I like Manson a lot. And, I, and he brings that uh, a Stanley Cup winner mentality. Like you have a Stanley Cup person on your team, show the ring off, get the boys fired up, and let them know. I, I think he's one of the leaders on the Ducks too. And he can help the Ducks once they get past this rebuild stage onto that next level because he's going to know what it takes. And he's seen... Uh, one of the best players in the world, maybe two, uh, two of the best players in the world, of McCarr and McKinnon. They know how they train and know the expectation of, of a championship team is. So I wouldn't be opposed to that. I, I did read another thing that's uh, one of the analysts, and I, I can't remember his name, so I'm sorry about that, about him possibly being um, a target for the Kings too. Maybe he loves living in Southern California, and maybe he'll consider that. I hope not. I'd lose my mind. But I still root for him, though, because I, I think Matt's is probably one of my favorite Ducks players. He's just amazing. Kadri the Ducks would be – it'd be cool to see. It'd be great. You'd piss off all 31 teams in NHL. That's the way he plays. But I just that, – that that kind of money for a player, like I, I don't know. It's just going to be too much for me. If you really want to commit to a rebuild, you're not going to be spending money on big-name free agents like this. You have to just trust the process and go with it and, and let yourself just kind of go up and rebuild. L- look at the Avalanche. They rebuilt the right way. They didn't go and spend money. They're not like being like New Jersey trying to throw money everywhere and trying to accelerate it. They took their time and trust the process. And, yeah, it took a while, and it was terrible. Like they had a franchise worse dead last season they were last again it's just and now look at them they're top of the hill and their train's going to keep rolling i'm not going to be surprised if they're and you know at stanley cup final next season and do that back to back like tampa bay did so we have to just kind of like i said trust the process i think the kadri thing got like uh some analysts head and he just mentioned it out there and it blew up because akins did coach him in the ahl and they had that connection uh, but it's just as much as I, I like the way Kadri plays and I like his style, I, I don't think it's the right move to do. Yeah, I agree with you. I I don't think Kadri is going to come to the Ducks. I, I I think it's too much, like you said. I think he'll go to another team. And I'm with you. I think Manson coming back is uh, pretty, you know, a good chance of that. I, you know, I don't know for sure if it's you know going to happen, but I think that it can happen. Uh, of the players that were traded. Uh, right at the trade deadline, that was one of the ones that we talked about that could, could you know, potentially come back. Uh, Delorier was another one. Um, Lindholm, we knew wasn't obviously he sent that you know signed that big contract, um, and, and he kind of made some comments too that were kind of kind of interesting. But uh, you know, we knew he wasn't going to come back. Raquel, I, I I don't think I see him coming back, but I would keep my eye on Manson. And potentially D'Lo, because I know from several people close to D'Lo that he did not want to leave Anaheim and he wanted to stay. So those are a couple of those players out there, Eddie, that I would watch as, as Manson and D'Lo. And I would, I would not be opposed to that. I, I love 
D'Lo. He's he was my favorite player on the Ducks. I just a, a brutal guy. Went out there, team first mentality. I hated seeing him in a freaking wild jersey. And I hated cheering for him while he was in the wild jersey because I hate the wild. But it's just I, I hope both of them come back. They have a place. There's a spot for the for both of them on this team. We we saw what happened to Troy Terry during the Arizona game and. And trust me, there's still bad blood, and I think that uh, the Ducks need to beef up their roster a little bit to protect players like Zegers and let them do their thing. They're the future of hockey, whether you like it or not. I hate change. That's one of the things I hate the most. I hate the way the game is getting watered down, but I do love the skill and players like Zegers, how they're changing it. Like like Makar, the same thing. It's, just, it's different. You have to, it's kind of a hybrid of, of, of what it was before. So I think bringing uh, Madsen back would be good. Like I said, he's he's, he's a well a wild light guy in the locker room and the community as well. As far as all Ducks fans, he brings that physical edge, that stay at home defenseman kind of type, and he's a leader. And then also uh, bringing back Delorier, I mean, what's more to say? If you pissed off, if if he was there, that Arizona game, it, that whole thing would have been different. Yeah, I'm with you. That's that's one thing we'll talk about too with the draft picks. Uh, later on in the show about size and whatnot and how that factors into kind of who who we look at but I, i'm with you too you bring those guys back that's kind of been an issue with the ducks is, is you got a lot of young guys and and talent and skill but uh once you traded away those guys the size has kind of gone down so that's something that we're going to look at uh another part of this that's interesting and I don't know if this will ever go away, maybe at the end of summer or whatever, but the, the Gibson trade rumors popped up again, which uh, I'm just kind of tired of that. But uh, Frank Cervelli has him listed in the top 10 of his, his you know trade articles he's been posting, I believe, last time he was seventh. And they talked about on their podcast how Gibson's been frustrated uh, with the Ducks play uh, as of late. Which all of you already know that. That's like saying the sun comes up in the morning. It's not really, you know, a big surprise. But the interesting thing is you had uh, Nick Alberga saying that Gibson's open to being dealt and informed the Ducks of that. But then you had Gibson, his agent, and Eric Stevens all come out and say that that's not true. Uh, so you had a lot of that going on for a couple days uh, recently. I, I think it's interesting, Eddie, with that whole thing going back and forth because I've heard conflicting reports too. Uh, I had someone that saw Gibson recently that said that they were excited to, you know, um, or he said he was excited to see everybody in the fall. Uh, and I've had other people tell me that, you know, there's a good chance he's going to get traded. So I, I've heard conflicting things, but, um, you know, what do you, what do you think? I, I mean, I, I, there's always the potential he could be traded, but what do you think about all these comments? Because you, you had all these different people saying stuff after Nick's statement on Twitter, and then he got shot down by his agent, Gibson himself, Eric Stevens, etc. I always feel that when a player comes out and says they want to be traded and stuff like that, it kind of lowers their value, and it lets every GM in the league know that, okay, he wants to be traded. You have to, you have to trade him. It puts more pressure on the Ducks GM, and it, it, that's why it lowers their value. It's like, okay, you know, he had to trade him. Opposed to, hey... This guy's on the table. What are you going to give me for him? Like, oh, well, you're not going to trade him. You don't want to trade him. He doesn't want to trade, but you're offering him. Um, I don't know. This one was a hard one. It can be he mentioned something, and what's that What's that game called we played in elementary, Mike? Telephone. You say one thing, and you pass it on, and it turns out to be a totally different thing at the end. I think this is a, the 
great example of this. Who knows what he said? Maybe he said he's tired of losing. He doesn't want to rebuild. He maybe he said something taken out of context, or maybe you know I'm not bl- accusing or blaming anything. Maybe this a certain person just needed some clickbait and wanted some more exposure, so he threw out a big name goalie, and and it kind of worked because we're all talking about it now. If if Gibson wanted to trade, um, I'm for it. It's I I like Gibson. I think he's a phenomenal goalie, and I think. He's kind of a goalie you can win a Stanley Cup with, but the Ducks aren't in a position to do that right now. And I think a player like him going on the block and getting traded can fetch a huge return. I think probably one of the biggest returns we've seen in the last few years as far as a blockbuster trade. And he can accelerate the Ducks to kind of speed up that that rebuild process. Um, Do I want to see him go? No. But do I want to see the Ducks be better? Yes. So just, I, I think it's just... I don't know. I, I want to say it's more speculation and just more people want to get clickbait and something to talk about, which we are. I, I don't see anything going forward for it, but we have a new GM and he has no personal ties about Gibson or anyone on the team that he didn't get himself and build. So um, I, I like what I've seen so far from him and what he's done. So I'll trust his processes. And if he does end up trading Gibson and goes that route, then I, I'm going to put my trust in him as a Ducks fan and, and see what he can do. And I, uh, he did a great job at the trade deadline already, and and we'll go from there. Yeah, and the Ducks are definitely in a situation where they have tons of options. I mean, they've got to spend about $18 million to get to just the cap floor. So uh, they have that to deal with. They have tons of picks in this draft. They've got two first-rounders, now the 10th and 22nd. They've got two second-rounders, a fourth, two fifth, and a sixth-rounder. Uh, at least at the time of us recording, there may be a trade or something, or who knows, because stuff always likes to happen after we record. Don't say that, please. I, don't say that. I know. So you have that, and then uh, Cerebelli said too that the Ducks are willing to take on bad contracts uh, to get more picks and assets. Uh, you know, the Ducks did try to get Dandenoff. We knew how that all got screwed up with the Central Registry, and that that went down. That didn't happen. Then then we saw Dandenoff get traded later, and we were all cracking jokes. I don't know if you saw that, the Ducks social media and us, we were cracking jokes about that trade being actually made for real. And then also the Ducks did take on John Moore and the Lindholm deal. So uh, I'm really curious to see what's going to happen. I, I think it's going to be a busy uh, and, and kind of fun summer for the Ducks because Verbeek's got a lot of options. Um, I'm kind of 50-50 with Gibson. I, I'm with you. If they keep him, I'm fine. But if they trade him and get a lot in return, I'm good with that too. But I, I think you mentioned something that was good uh, that a lot of people maybe overlooked or whatnot. But if you make comments about being frustrated or being tired of the rebuild and, and whatnot and like being traded and whatnot, it, it, it can uh, have an effect on your trade value. Plus, we saw how he did not play as well the second half of the season. So I, I, I wonder how much that's going to affect whether or not Verbeek would trade Gibson. And if Gibson wants to stay, at least that's what he's saying publicly, though he's frustrated, which we all know, um, and then things have kind of leaked out a little bit here and there, it can have an impact because, you know, you also don't want a negative type person on your team, you know, and then I guess the counter to that would be a change of scenery also would, would do you good as well. So I don't know. There's just, there's so many question marks with this team going into next season. Uh, I'm really curious to see what happens at the draft. 
And then the following week is the free agency after that and see what the Ducks do. Uh, they're going to have to do some stuff. They've got to get above that cap you know, minimum. Um, so I, I'm really, really curious to see how it's going to pan out. I think it's going to be interesting this next uh, month of July, Eddie. Oh, yeah. Um, as far as Gibson's comments, if he... If, if it's true and he's voicing his frustration and he's pissed off about this rebuild and wants to win now, I like those comments. Not win now, I'm sorry. I'm quoting Bob Murray, my bad. Maybe I'm drinking as much as Bob Murray lately, but <laughs> no. No, but you know what? That's good. You, you you should be pissed off. You should be mad. Gibson is an elite player, an elite goalie. Your mentality should be like, you know what? F this. I want to win. I want to contend. I want to gosh damn Stanley Cup. Get out there and do it. Come on, boys. Like, get out there and fire it up. Like, I, I like that. It's just like, that doesn't have an issue with me. But him, like, if he did say he wanted the trade, I'll understand that, too. He's a competitor. The Ducks right now are in limbo. We, we don't know what's going on with the Ducks. We, we, we had a brand new GM that's been, like, honest. He's been true to his word. We're, we're not hearing lies. But... We can't see this team contending. It just last season was a like I told you it was a fluke. Everyone thought the Ducks were gonna oh we're gonna playoffs. I, I kept telling everyone in the podcast like no just all these teams underestimated what the Ducks had. Zegers was just a, a no name person like they knew he had skill, but the way he blew up, Ter- Troy Terry he found his game. Everyone got hot at the right moments, but then reality hit. So I'm yeah just saying. Gibson would be the biggest trade thing that the Ducks can get, and also you know what they're um, they have two first round draft picks. I I'll trade that twenty second pick to something. This is a weak draft class. Add that to something, and definitely take on bad contracts. You have uh, teams like Toronto. You have teams like Tampa Bay. You have Colorado that if they want to sign Kadri and make him work with that nine plus million dollar contract, he's probably gonna get because he's he he. he kind of deserved it do something and get some prospects get some assets uh next year's draft pack uh, draft class is supposed to be really high and a lot of good players supposed to come out of it so just why not just load up and build for the future you see teams like arizona doing that already arizona's just been taking on bad contracts for the last two seasons so let's 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 go that route and do that yeah and i think there's a high likelihood that that's going to happen i mean if it's being known and the Ducks got to get up there, and uh, he wants to get more picks and assets. Then uh, I'm curious to see uh, what's going to unfold here in the next couple weeks coming up. Uh, real quick, we'll talk about the tenth pick. Uh, Thomas wrote an article uh, with some players on there. We'll mention that the article's out there if you haven't read it yet. He's also uh, got an article out there on the twenty-second pick with some options in there. We'll talk about both of those. Uh, before we go to that, check out uh, BuckedUp.com. For your energy needs and, and pre-workout and different things of that nature, Eddie uses it. Um, you can check it out and, and use code DUCKSANDPUCKS93 for a discount. So buckedup.com, another one of our sponsors. Kind of our, we're always on the health kick with our sponsors. But um, so the, the, the draft's coming up. It'll be on the 7th and 8th. Uh, the Ducks have the 10th pick unless it gets traded, obviously, which I don't see that happening, but it, it could happen. So... Um, looking at some of these players, uh, Thomas did a really good job. He, he pulled up a bunch of names. He, he went through, read a bunch of draft reports. Uh, I read some too as well and looked through some and pulled up some of these players. But 
I think it's kind of interesting because you still have Madden in there in the mix for the Ducks, but now you have Verbeek. Will things change? You know, I, I don't know. I, I think that they won't so much. I think the Ducks will go with the best player uh, in the beginning, but uh, it's kind of interesting looking at some of these. It kind of broke them up amongst defensemen and forwards. Um, with the defensemen, uh, one name I've seen a lot uh, in other draft picks is Kevin Korchinski, uh, 6'2", 185. Um, a lot of people are comparing him to Shea Theodore. Um, they think that they could pair him up with Drysdale in the future. And the Ducks, you know, need some help on the left side of the defense. Um, you know, he needs some work on his shot and his defensive play. Uh, another one is uh, Deaton uh, Matejchuk, uh, 5'11", 188, another left defensive man. A solid skater, can log a lot of ice time, good, good uh, neutral zone play. Uh, his size may be kind of underwhelming. And then you also have uh, Pavel uh, Minyukov, who's 6-1-197. Good two-way defenseman, good shot, uh, slap shot, and one-timer. Um, sometimes can get caught up, you know, ice cheating a little bit, but has a good transition game. So, uh, you know, these names have been mentioned, Eddie. You know, if the Ducks are going to go with uh, defensemen, these are three that could potentially be there at the 10th pick. Uh, Korchinski is the one I keep seeing over and over and over again, but... Um, I'd be okay with him or Minyukov. Either one. Those are bigger size guys. I'm good with them. Um, Mantechuk's a little bit smaller. Um, so, you know, I don't know. We, we, you know, for me, size is a big issue with draft picks. I'm, I'm always looking for the taller players. You can always work on weight later. Uh, and I always look for versatility amongst players. We've talked about that too. So I look for defensemen that, that are good two-way defensemen. Um, guys that obviously are responsible in their own zone, but can also uh, contribute offensively. So that's kind of what I'm looking at in defensemen. What do you think amongst these three? I mean, we'll talk about the forwards in a minute, but if the Ducks were to go defense, and these are kind of three of the names floated out there, what's your thoughts? Uh, I think you forgot one more thing, too, for to talk about. I don't think we talked about it off show. What if the Ducks moved the 10th overall pick? I know you mentioned it right now. You don't think they would, but what if they did? This draft class, our next draft class is supposed to be really, really like high and, and with a bunch of great prospects. What if like Would you be opposed to the Ducks moving the 10th overall pick to a team? We already heard uh, rumors about Montreal, or actually New Jersey Devils want to move up to the number one spot because they want that Russian defenseman number one. And Montreal is thinking about taking that, Montreal, or that Russian defenseman at number one and not Shane Wright. Do you think it'd be plausible... The Ducks move their 10th overall pick to one of those teams so they can move up and get some more assets and take their number one pick for the next season. I'm talking about a lower tier team too, not not to, not, not not the Avalanche or well, they don't have the number one pick, but like, I'm talking about like, would that make sense to you, Mike, if the Ducks did that? Yeah, I mean, I'm not opposed to it. I, I think you're right. Looking at this draft pick and, uh, or draft class, I should say, and, and looking at the names that I've been, you know, I've been going through these names for the 10th uh, pick and looking at the 22nd and, and kind of in between, you know, from 10th to 20th to 22nd, if you, if you will, of the picks. And I'm not really, I'm not really like sold on one guy. There's not one person on here that's like, oh my God, the Ducks have to get this guy at 10th or else like they're screwed. So, uh, I, I would be happy if they did pick up a defenseman at this this stage. There's some forwards we'll talk about in a minute as well. But if they're going to trade this pick, 
Um, I wouldn't be upset with that. Uh, like you said, Montreal was one of them that's trying to, to move within the top 10. New Jersey as well. There's some other teams. There's, you know, usually a lot of teams are trying to move, obviously. But those are just some of the ones that we heard. So I'm not opposed to that. I don't, I don't think that this draft class, like you said, uh, is that solid. Uh, outside of like the top five, it doesn't seem like there's a, a lot here that's like, oh my god, I got to get this guy. Um, but yeah, I mean, if the Ducks are willing to do that and move and get more assets and, and change some stuff up, I, I'm fine with that. They have two second rounders too, so they potentially could trade this pick or they make this pick and then trade the 22nd pick because we'll get to that in a minute. When you look at the 22nd pick, a lot of the players on there are forwards that they're looking at. And, I mean, there, there's a lot of good options at these picks at, at 10th and 22nd. But, again, I, I just don't see anybody that's like, oh, my God, it's the next Trevor Zegers. I, I just don't see that, Eddie. Oh, yeah, definitely. If I were to pick a defenseman, I would say a Kevin Korczynski. I'd probably get that. Um, comparing him to Shea Theodore, we all know what we lost in Shea Theodore. I just... That still kind of pisses me off that uh, he turned out the player that he could have been playing great and well with uh, Drysdale, and he could have really helped the Ducks get to that next level. But it's just kind of they gave up on him too soon, just like they did on William Carlson. But who knows? Maybe the whole development in the Ducks organization kind of helped them back. I would get him, um, um, if I had to pick a defenseman, I'd pick him right now uh, with that 10th overall pick. Um, I like the fact, too, that uh, he has that size and skill, and he can fight off the checks. Like, that's You need that player for that. Yeah, um, you mentioned, too, that like he needs to work on his shot and more power, but, hey, if he can just dish those nice little sauces and feed it to Drysdale and Drysdale can shoot or feed it to the players right in front of him and create that opportunity, then so be it. That would be better. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, some of these things that they look at, these scouting reports, I read a bunch of them. A lot of them are like, needs to work on shot, needs to work on skating. Like, it's the same type repetitive stuff that they, they kind of talk about on some of these players because they're younger players. They, I mean, all of them need to develop in some area. So, that you know, I just throw that in there because that's what d- different scouting reports um, report at. But yeah, Korchinski is the one that I'm kind of looking at too, since a lot of people happen to be looking at him too. But yeah, he, he's one of the ones that I could see that the Ducks would take. If they don't go for defensemen, or if, say, these guys are taken, then they're looking at uh, forwards and centers. Uh, Marco Casper's a name that's come up. Connor Geeky is another one. And then the one that Thomas likes is uh, Jonathan Leckermakey. Um, is the one that he thinks that the Ducks will pick. That's what he said in his article um, Leckermakey's a pure goal scorer. He's got a variety of ways that he can score. He's a playmaker. He's a great passer. Um, they knock on him a little bit because of his defense, and, and he plays more of a perimeter game. But that that's one that Thomas likes. Uh, I like Connor Geeky in this group. Uh, you know, he's a big guy, 6'3", 196. Uh, he can overpower to the defense. He can put up points. He likes to go to the net. That's something that a lot of Ducks players don't do. So I do like that. Um, again, they talk about him working on his skating and his positioning, um, a little bit defensively. And then, uh, Marco Casper, you know, Swedish player, you know, obviously Murray used to be big on them. I don't know what Verbeek's stance is on there. He's kind of maybe the, the dark horse I would think for the Ducks to pick because they're talking about him maybe being a top six forward, but probably being more like a third line 
center slash forward. He, he can play both positions, which I do like that. I, that's another thing I look for is versatility amongst players. Like I told you, I like defensemen that can play offense and defense, and I do like forwards that can play center and wing. So I do like that. But of these three guys, I, I, I me, I lean towards Geeky more uh, out of this group if the Ducks are going to go with a forward at 10th, Eddie. Well, he's like the most logical choice for me too. We lost uh, our big power forward. I forgot his name again, Mike. What was his name? That that player we just that that announced his retirement. Uh, I think it's like Ryan Getzy <laughs> yes. or something. <laughs> Ryan Geeky, you no, know, Ryan Getzloff. Yeah, no, that was fun. Yeah, you know what? I would go for him. We need that big physical force at, at center. We need someone to develop in that role and kind of take. I don't want to say take Ryan Getzoff's spot because Ryan Getzoff is such a special player and there's no player can ever take his spot, but kind of just try to to fill that role and fill that gap that the Ducks really need. You need someone big, physical, and strong that can get to the net, that can create open space for Zegris, and if Milano's playing on that line too or whoever's playing uh, the opposite line of Zegris, and just let them work their magic. I, I think Zegris uh, it, it plays well on the wing and he, he has more time and space on that option and i think this would be a good draft pick i mean the whole uh, the skating positioning that could be worked on that's something you can all just train and work on so that's going to be something that uh, I, I i want in a player the size and how he wants to overpower things and i apologize guys my dog's barking but yeah i, I would go uh, connor geeky yeah, I'm with you. That That's kind of my pick out there. I mean, I wouldn't be upset with Lechner Mickey either, but I, I just think Geeky's kind of the one I would go with if they're going to go with a forward at 10th. So we'll see what they do. If they don't trade the pick, uh, you've got some solid guys, uh, you know, defense or at forward there, a couple options that we mentioned. It, it seems like when you get down to 22nd, most of the players they're talking about are forwards at this point, mostly centers and wingers. Um, if you're looking at the centers, some of the names that have come up are Brad uh, Lambert, uh, Nathan Gaucher, and Yuri Kulik. Those are the three that have come up. They're all pretty decent sized guys, uh, all over six foot tall. Uh, Gaucher's 6'3, 207, big boy, uh, good hockey IQ, good uh, playmaker and making passes. He'll go into the corners as well. Good at the faceoffs. Um, some have compared him to Niedermeyer, uh, Rob Niedermeyer, that is, and, and they're saying his offense is maybe a little bit limited. That's kind of the knock on him, they've said. Uh, Lambert's good at skating. He can play wing and center. Likes to go to the net, which I like, but they say he's inconsistent with his scoring. And then Kulik uh, has a good one-time shot. Um, they, they think he could be a potential top six uh, player. Um, but you know, same thing, work on skating is another thing that they talk about. So I, I mean, these, I mean, if they go with the center at the 22nd pick, I'm not really upset with any of these three, Eddie. I, I think any of them can work out. They all look like they're, they're big guys. Most of them can play center and wing. Um, I wouldn't really be upset with any one of these picks. Yeah. It's going to kind of be like, I guess like flip a coin and see who's going to work out. Um, you never know. Players like uh, Kucherov, he wasn't a, a top draft pick. He was just one of those people in the middle. Um, I want to say Brad Marchant wasn't or Bergeron. One of those players weren't like a top pick. They were just kind of those middle picks, and, and they worked out really well. 
so I mean, look at Manson. He was a seventh, what, a sixth or seventh round uh, draft pick, round, and and look at him. He's a top four defenseman and a Stanley Cup winner. Um, yeah, I think I wouldn't be mad at any of these three players. I want to see how they develop, and you never know. Like these analysts have them doing this, doing that, and they project what they're gonna be. But you never know how a player is gonna respond to a team, how they respond to training, how they're gonna like just retool their game and change it, and just to do it. It's just it's still unpredictable at times to see the future and predict what's gonna happen with these players and. If they have that chemistry, I think chemistry is one of the most important things in any sports. If you have the right people with you, it elevates your game. You have someone like Zegris who is going to be a phenomenal player for years to come. And he's a player that's going to elevate people's game and make people better around him. So I wouldn't be uh, mad at either one of these picks. Yeah, so I I mean, there's the three options that have kind of come up that were mentioned. Thomas put them in this article um, at the center position. Uh, I, I don't think you can go wrong with any of them. And then there's several forwards that have been mentioned as well um, that have been mentioned in his article and stuff I've seen too. You've got uh, Liam Ongren's a, a name that's been mentioned a lot. Isaac Howard. Um, Rutger McGroti is another one. And then I love this name, uh, Jimmy Snuggaroo. Uh, I, I crack up at that name, Eddie. I, I, that's like... <laughs> I, I would pick that guy just because of his name, Eddie. Same here. I would pick him. I would give him a big hug. It just, oh, they might change. You know what? I don't want this pick. Snuggaroo, they might retire Wild Wings' name and name the new mascot Snuggaroo. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> I know we're jokey, but you know what? Uh, I, I like snipers. I like people that can shoot. The Ducks are lacking a true pure goal scorer sniper. You have Zegris that can put the puck in the net. Milano, no disrespect to him. He's a great player. He's not that that elite, dangerous sniper He's that can really just cause havoc. If we can find someone that can complement Zegris' amazing passing skills and to get that puck in the back of the net, why not him? He finds the open spots to score. He's well-rounded, a two-way player too. And the key word is sniper. It's just and like I said, like uh, the skating needs work. And he says defensively uh, stays high at sometimes, but the whole skating thing. See, when his skating things work, that can be changed. You can alter your training. You can you can put more work into it. It all depends on what the player wants to do. Skating, it's like you, you can't. You can always improve on that. So it's like I don't think people should really harp on a player for his skating and these kids are still young you're still developing except uh, 18 year old kids basically 17 18 year old kids you can't really kind of judge them on their skating when they're still growing you're still developing the muscles aren't really produced at that high level so i mean him being a sniper i'd go for that yeah that's a big thing i look at too and, I, and you're right a lot of the scouting reports are like oh needs to add size oh needs to work on skating it's like okay that i mean you could say that about anybody at a prospect level uh that's being drafted uh, you know my my thing is like you said versatility uh especially if you're a forward if, if you can score in a variety of ways and you're a sniper like snuggaroo is is that's great uh, isaac howard can score in a variety of ways too um he's not as tall he's 5'10 uh you know i kind of like the guys that are six foot and taller but um you know he can score and uh play different ways uh mcgrody same thing he can score a lot of ways he's six foot 205 big dude can back check and block passes um he's good and ongren as well as 6'1 187 
another guy that that has the potential they're saying to be a top six winger another Swedish guy again I don't I don't know how Verbeek views the Swedish players uh you know if he's that big on that but um you know any any one of these I I think you'd be all right with but if you're going with a, a guy that can score um I I would look at Isaac Howard because he can score a variety of ways and I would look at Snuggaroo because he's a sniper and you're right Eddie the Ducks um, I mean, Terry exploded this last season and did phenomenal. And obviously, you got Zegers in the mix in there. You got Milano in the mix in there. Lundstrom showed some flashes as well. But if you can get some guys that are a pure goal scorer uh, and, and and whatnot and decent size like uh, Snuggaroo is, I, I like that. I mean, we can worry about skating later. And yeah, in defense, he, he doesn't go deep in the zone as much. I mean, those are, those are all things you can work on. So those are kind of the four other forwards in there that they talked about uh i mean it's a wide open field uh when you get you know past the 10th pick um so you've got all these centers and forwards one other name to keep an eye out on defensively is owen pickerin six foot five 179 a big dude um you know and also good slap shot one timer um uh, but they're saying his offense is a little bit, uh, you know, inconsistent or limited. So that's another one that could sneak in there, Eddie. If the Ducks go with a forward as the 10th pick, don't trade it. And maybe they try to take uh, Pickering as the 22nd pick. That's something to look at. Yeah. Um, 6 5 at 179. Holy crap. That, uh, I think uh, he needs to put on some weight <laughs> if I'm going to put my professional opinion in there. But yeah, you, you want that size. You want the um, you know look at look, look at Chara six eight and what he's done in the league and, and how he's his elite uh, style the defensive play. You got Tyler Myers. It's been inconsistent up and down, but he still has some good hockey left. He has a really good reach. He can provide that 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 ability right there. And his size obviously is gonna uh, benefit him, but he needs to put on a, a little bit more weight. On that and you know what bucked up the bucked up can help him they have some protein stuff that can help people gain weight i had a recent uh buddy from the army reach out she uh she wants to gain weight she's really tiny wants to gain a healthy weight so i, I put her in touch with some products i have from bucked up and uh my my coach and trainer too which you know mike too i forgot that i mentioned in the beginning of the show i've gained 10 pounds like holy crap so i blame I blame life and my girlfriend for that. So I'm going to drop these 10 pounds and I'm going to use the products that we talk about. Um, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you're happy. That's a, that's a good thing too. Don't forget I about looked down, that. I looked down and saw my stomach. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I, I'm with you, man. I've been working long hours and I have not had as much time to work out, unfortunately. I, I need to get back to it. Oh, man. But yeah, you're right. Yeah, the bucked up's a, a, a great thing to look at. Um, you got some league stuff we'll talk about here. We'll wrap up the show with. Uh, don't forget also to check out our other sponsor, Norse Beards, for all your grooming needs for all the guys out there. Uh, you use the code OCS, all capital letters, to get a discount as well. So Norse Beards for all your uh, grooming needs and whatnot. A um, couple things that happened around the league. Uh, I I wasn't really happy about this, Eddie. You and I talked about it before the show, but well, we can talk about the small stuff before we get into that big one. Yeah, that's true. We can. You want to so go with it? Yeah, let's talk about Pavel Datsuk. He retired officially from professional hockey. Uh, he played on uh, the Red Wings. He was a uh, probably one of one of the best like skill handlers in the whole entire league. 
the way he moved that puck, the way he scored those goals, it was just something that was that it seems like can never be replicated ever in this whole entire league. And I want to congratulate him and wish him all the best, uh, uh, his future endeavors, and where he's going to play. His last team, he's over there in Russia. He wanted to go home and play. So I wish him all the best. And one other league news before we get to the big one. Um, Rick DiPietro. Uh, everyone says happy Rick, Di- uh, Rick DiPietro Day because July 1st, all the bonuses get paid out. And if you guys don't remember his name, he was signed one of the biggest contracts in hockey history before they had a, a limit on the contract, signed like a 15-year deal. Well, he got bought out seven years into that. He just couldn't f- find a way to stop getting injured. So he's going to get it paid $1.5 million until 2028. So happy Rick DiPietro Day. Yeah, that guy's making some serious paper. Good Lord. And yeah, you're right. Um, with uh, Daxu too, I mean, that, that's good. You know, happy for him as well, uh, for him to retire. Um, there's also been a lot of coaching news, too, and, and coaches going around, around. Not really going to cover that. I mean, you can kind of go look at all that. I mean, it doesn't really affect the Ducks too much, but a lot of that's been in flux. There's coaches that have been replaced and new ones that are going out. That's kind of going around, around, around. Um, and then now the, the teams are starting to sign players, too, as well. You've seen some little minor trades and things that are going on. Um, the big one that Eddie was alluding to was Fiala. A lot of people thought maybe the Ducks would get him. They uh, didn't. He ended up going to L.A. for a prospect and a first-round pick. Um, and then he signed a massive eight-year extension for $7.9 million per season. Uh, I have mixed feelings about this. I, I don't. It, I get frustrated when I see the Kings. It, it just seems like they always nab certain players, um, you know, when, when maybe the Ducks could be in the mix or have the potential. But... Then I see the eight-year, you know, t- length of this contract, and that's way too long, in my opinion. So I, I don't like that he went to LA, but you know, it, I mean, it is what it is, Eddie. Yeah, you know what? Congratulations, congratulations on him having a great season last season with, with Minnesota. He had eighty-five points, thirty-three goals, fifty-two assists. Um, the only time he over uh, had over 50 points was the first season, or actually the 2019-2022 season with Minnesota. He's a four-time 20-and-over goal scorer. I, I don't know. He's 25. I just, I'm not sure with him. It seems like a little bit of an overreach and over, not overpay, but over term uh, for a player. Just, Kings are gambling. And you know what? I respect them for that. I respect Rob Blake on taking these chances and trying to better his team. Denote, people gave them crap for the contract he signed with them, but he became one of their best uh, second-line defensive shutdown centers. Uh, His presence has been known over there, and his offensive ability sparked. So Rob Blake is another one that's that's willing to take chances. And a Ducks fan, it sucks to see the Kings doing this and they have success. I want... Part of me wants this guy to flop and the Kings to be in cap hell, but then like hate to see players and wish that upon players like that. He's a Minnesota player, so maybe it's like a little bit of me is like, okay, cool, hope he double flops. But I don't know. It's a little bit of an overreach. The Kings had a Cinderella season last season. I don't think they're a contending team at all. They have questions in net. Um, they just they lost Drew Doughty in the playoffs, but even that, they just they couldn't compete. 
they they took Edmonton. Edmonton is used to choking. If they would have faced the Avalanche, it would have been an easy sweep. I, I think they would have scored three or four goals in that whole series, and that's it. They would have been done. Um, but you know what? Congratulations to them to making these big big picks. I hope the Ducks one more season and they start doing and being aggressive like the Kings are and really trying to win a cup. Uh, it's just for me, it's the wrong move for a team that's not going to be a contender next season. Or they might, they probably will make the playoffs or might make the playoffs, but they're not a Stanley Cup team yet. They're not the Tampa Bay Lightning. They're not the Colorado Avalanche. They're not the Florida Panthers, even though they got swept by Tampa Bay. They're still a powerhouse team. There's more powerhouse teams. Vegas, you think Vegas is going to sleep? Hell no. Eichel's going to be healthy, and Vegas is all in. They gamble all the time. It's going to be a tough Pacific Division, and paying this much money for a player like this, it's it's just kind of ludicrous in my opinion. Yeah, I, I you know, the, the term, we've talked about it before. I'm not a big fan of these huge eight-year deals you know if you're gonna pay a guy three four or five years that's fine but when you start getting up these seven eight year uh deals i just think a lot can happen over that time so i wish him luck in la um you know in the coming seasons but uh i guess the only other thing that was that was kind of irritating uh kind of kind of not really a good look for the league was the nhl awards eddie i i I didn't like they kind of announced all the awards like before you had the calder cup uh, went to Cider, didn't go to Zegris, which I wasn't really that upset about it. I know a lot of people got bent out of shape, you know, over that. I honestly, I didn't really care that Zegris didn't get it. And if you listen to the comments, he said it wasn't that big of a deal to him either. But I don't know. Some people thought that was a big deal. Also, Getzloff was nominated for the Bill Masterson Trophy. He didn't win that. And I heard people making comments about that too. I, I again, I wasn't really that upset about it. I, I just was more upset about the format. Um, I didn't even know when the awards was until afterwards because it just seemed like they didn't advertise it a lot. And they they named a bunch of the awards before they even did the show. They didn't wait till the show. I, I like I just don't know what was going on with the whole awards thing this summer. It just it just seemed I don't know. It just seemed like discombobulated to me, Eddie. It just seemed like a cluster F. Yeah, it was terrible. Um I, I, I recorded it to watch it after the fact i couldn't finish it i was nodding off um i I believe it was espn that was covering it um it's just it was terrible i think espn is a cancer to hockey and i think if hockey wants to move forward they should kind of limit themselves from there but they signed a huge deal so we're stuck with that Kenan Thompson, I love him as an actor he's funny from Kenan and Cal from being the mighty ducks but it was just so dry and it's like he's reading off a script, like not even trying. Some of the jokes were just kind of stupid, and I don't know. I think the awards was was terrible, and it was badly done. And I hate talking bad about the league I love the the, the most. I love this league. I love hockey. I love NHL, but it just seems like the the league is spiraling down. You want to reach out to to more fans and expand your stuff. You're not doing it the right way. It was boring. My my buddy, um, he, uh, my roommate, my best friend for since I was three was like, dude, is this, like, serious? I'm like, yeah, this is, like, the word show, and he's comparing it. It's just, it wasn't entertaining at all. Um, the whole Zegris, uh not winning the Calder thing, I know people were a lot of, like, bent out of shape, but as much as I love Zegris and I'm on the Z train, he didn't deserve Rookie of the Year. Uh, Cedar was the better player. He, he The way he played in Detroit in a worse team, 
being a defenseman and a rookie, he, he put up some great numbers, but defensively he was sound. He hit anyone who came in his way. He didn't care who you were, a veteran. He played the game hard. He played the game the way it's supposed to be played. He he's making his like his name known. It was just, but I, I think he deserved it the best. Zegers is the runner up, second runner up, and I think that was good. Michael Bunting, uh, Bunting, uh, um, yeah, people are giving crap because he's older, but I think he did a good job. But I think Lucas Raymond should have been that third spot. Uh, Bunting was playing with some of the best players um, in the league. That's what most of his points were coming from, even though he had most of his points on a five on five at the power play. I just, yeah, I, I don't see a problem with that. Gets off not winning the Bill Masters. All right, I'm sorry. Was that thing again? Yeah, I'm sorry. I have a, a reading off the thing. Carey Price was hurt, and I respect Carey Price a lot. I think he's a phenomenal person uh, and a, a great goaltender when he was. But I think Getzoff deserved it. He had all the charity events that he does with him and his wife. He's been a, a leader and a pillar and an inspiration for hockey for tons of years. And I, I think, I mean, he, he, he goes and what, what reading right here that he donates his time and resources to help kids who couldn't afford to play. Uh, over 18,000 kids participate and learn to play program. Uh, it's just, I, I don't know. I, maybe I'm being biased, but I think Getzloff should deserve its reward. Carey Price was hurt most of the time. He does a lot of stuff too, but I, I think this year it should have been Getzloff. Um, but I, I don't know. What's, what's, what's up the league, Mike? They're announcing the awards during the playoffs. It's the whole, um, the hockey awards during the Stanley Cup final. You bring Victor Hedman and Kale McCarr while they're still playing in the Stanley Cup final. Make them go to those awards. I'm, I'm glad that McCarr won, but it just it doesn't seem like it was, I, I don't know, just this league just seems like it's digressing instead of like kind of progressing, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. The format was just weird, like you said. I don't I don't know why they were announcing awards during the playoffs, the Stanley Cup final and all that. And like I said, I was, I got confused for a second. I thought there wasn't even an award show. And then I, I realized the day after it happened, oh, there was an award show. And I'm like, well, they already get, like announced most of the awards beforehand. So I just, I don't know. I, I don't know what they were thinking. I don't know why they didn't do it in Vegas like they normally do. Uh, I, I, I don't know. It just was very, very weird to me. I thought that that was just unusual. So that was one thing I, I just didn't like with the way that they, they handled it. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I think it, it could have been done better. Maybe they'll go back to the old format um, next season and just wait till the off season. I mean, that was kind of the way I thought it you know worked out the best. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so... Um, the Ducks will, you know, be exciting. We've got, uh, you know, ho- hopefully everybody had a happy and safe Fourth of July weekend. You've got the uh, uh, draft coming up on the seventh and the eighth. You got free agency after that, so it should be an exciting time. Uh, we'll kind of, hopefully, we'll have more podcasts on a regular basis uh, as as all the stuff unfolds. Like we said, we've both been kind of crazy the last couple months, unfortunately, uh, with things going on. Um, and we, we didn't do any fan questions this time, but we'll do them for more of the shows. Our schedules have been just really, really crazy. So we appreciate all the support, um, especially Thomas, too. He's cranking out all the articles uh, over the summer, the prospect articles, draft articles. He's going to have uh, a bunch of stuff he's doing. He's really uh, helping us out, carrying the weight over the summer. So I, I appreciate him helping us out a lot. Um, any final thoughts from you, Eddie, as we wrap this up? 
No, I just want to, um, it's 4th of July, I, I want to send my my thanks to everyone who served this country and and made this independence possible. Uh, from way back in the day, it just, it means a lot to me. I have a lot of pride in this country, and despite the, the stuff that I don't like, it just, I, I really respect that people that laid their lives down for us and, and done that, so... Uh, happy Independence Day, and just still, regardless of what's going on, still the greatest country in the world to live in. So I, I want to give that Thomas too. A, a shout out to him. He um, he works his ass off, and he really goes down and, and attention to detail, and really breaks down all these prospects. He's our subject expert on the prospects, and he does such a great job of uh, uh, putting it together. Hopefully, we can bring him on the show after the draft, but he can give us uh, the input and stuff like that. Mike, too, congratulations on your promotion and everything you do. Like he, like he said, we're both really busy, so we apologize that the coverage hasn't been uh, 100% like right on the spot. We're, we're both trying to, to figure that out. If you guys are looking for a position in Ducks and Pucks to write or help with social media, just uh, hit Mike or myself up. Um, other than that, I hope everyone had a safe and happy 4th of July. Hopefully you guys, your fingers are intact. Um and hope Zegris is is being Zegris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I uh, hope everybody has a good holiday weekend or had a good one. And, um, you know, just uh, like we said, we'll try to um, keep on rolling with the stuff. And, and uh, basically, we'll just uh, keep you updated as things go along. Um, we'll have more shows and more fan questions uh, moving forward in July and August as well. So... Um, with that, thanks for all your support. Uh, like Eddie said, if you're looking to join a join um, Ducks and Pucks and write and help out, please let us know. Um, check out our store at tpnhockey.com. And uh, with that, we'll see you hopefully sooner than later. And let's go Ducks.